and we're going to be talking about something very practical today. They read the verse on the shoes of peace. We're going to be talking about anxiety and peace. We know, hey, every single one of us, I don't care if you're religious or not, you're going to be like, I'd rather have peace over anxiety. I wouldn't encourage anybody to, to, to live like this, but yet we're dealing with it. We have these feelings. So go ahead and do that. I want to ask the question. I asked it earlier in the week. Some of you guys have already commented on it, but go ahead and put it in there. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being low, I don't, I don't have much peace today. 10 being high, I got, I got a ton of peace. Um, where are you on the peace spectrum today? I know that can change minute to minute, day by day, but right now, where would you say you are? I, I have uh, um, low peace, 1 to 10 high. Go ahead and put that in the comments. I'm preaching right now, so I'm, I, I, my nerves are, are, uh, are up. And that's to be normal. That's to be expected. I'm gonna, as you guys are putting that in the, the comments, I wanna bring up our verses because we're headed back into Ephesians and the armor of God. Took a few weeks off. We're back in it, and I think it's so appropriate right now uh, for some of the things that we're going through. So um, Paul is writing in the in the book of Ephesians. He says, "Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able." to resist the enemy, and you will be able to, uh, then after the battle, you will be standing firm. That's huge. That's huge. After this battle, this battle will end. I want you to be stronger. I want you to be standing firm. Stand your ground. Put on the belt of truth. We've already gone over that one. Put on that body armor of God's righteousness. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. That's protecting the heart. The heart. And now for us today, we're going to focus on those shoes. You want to stand firm. You need some, some, some good shoes for these. Put on the peace that comes with the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Um, I don't know um, about you. I got a little one at my house right now, and he has shoes that he likes to wear. Now, if, if you look closely at this one here, this one has holes in it. He doesn't like to wear his, his shoes because he's worn them so much. Not only the holes, he doesn't actually, he doesn't seem to care about those. It's the Velcro. He's like, it's, 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 he's worn it so much that there's dirt and grime all over it. So the Velcro doesn't even work. They fall off. And he, he complains. He's like, I don't want these shoes. And so he'll put on, try to put on other shoes around the house or ones that don't fit. Or he'll take daddy's shoes. He'll go sometimes and he'll get daddy's shoes and try to put, put on these. And he looks funny or whatever, but um, some of us right now, we are, we're fussing and fighting and, and we're, we're frustrated, we're scared. And I want to tell you, your heavenly father, your daddy has some shoes for you that you need to put on. Um, and, and they're going to give you some peace. And so we're going to focus on this the the shoes that that Paul's talking about in Ephesians when he says put on the shoes of peace he's talking about a Roman soldier and the shoes that they would wear I'm going to pronounce this wrong but in the Greek is kaliga c a l i g a it was like a half boot half sandal and it was meant to go over rough terrain they had cleats spikes underneath think about a football cleat it's designed for the football field, but there was some cleats and some spikes because you're going to be going over some rough terrain. You are going to be advancing. This, this, the posture 
we know from the belt of truth when it says gird your loins, which meant, hey, we are in a fight. We are in a battle and we are positioning not in defensive mode, but in one of offense that we are going on the attack. All right. He said, these guys are going to take some territory back. Some of us, we need to take some territory back. And so these, they had cleats. We're going to be moving forward. But we also know we got to go over some rough terrain. All right. That's what we don't like. I don't want to go over any rough terrain. I want it to be smooth. I want to, I want to be on a, a grassy lawn. I want to be on a sandy beach. No, we're going over some rocky territory. And he's got some shoes for us, some shoes apiece. God's shoes we got to put on for this. And so we want to flatten the curve. But I also want to remind you again that we're in a battle. Back this up. Back this up. Back this up. Go to verse 10. He says a final word. He's kind of closing out the whole book of Ephesians. Read it this week. If, if you're looking for something to read that wants to give you peace, that gives you hope, that gives you purpose and meaning. He's, he's rounding this out with this image of this soldier saying, hey, look back to what I just talked about. He says, be strong. Paul's writing this from a prison. He says, be strong. Talk about social distancing. In the Lord, not in yourself, not in your circumstances, in the Lord and His mighty power. Put on all. you got to put it all on. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. And he goes on to say, we ain't fighting against flesh and blood. We're not fighting flesh and blood enemies. No, we are under attack. Satan, he hates you. He wants to steal your peace. You need, you need to know this. He wants to steal your peace. John chapter 10 says this. It says, um, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. He has a goal for you. He wants to rob you of your peace. So I want you to put into the comments right now, think of some words like be a thesaurus for us. Okay. Get some words that would describe, put in there, that, would, that you would put in there to describe the opposite of peace. How would you describe the opposite of peace? He wants to rob you of your peace. And he's going to use two primary tactics for that. He's going to use one, discouragement. He's going to try to discourage you. If he can get you discouraged, he might get you paralyzed from being able to advance forward, to take your next step of faith. Another one that he would use is uh, distraction. And so some of you right now, you, you've used this time in COVID-19, like, hey, some distractions. I've realized I've had some distractions in my life and, and he slowed me down. And now I can actually take some steps forward in my faith. I can focus on God more. But with some of us, we've come to realize too, you're like, hey, I'll follow, I, I just need more time to spend more time with God. Like if I didn't have all these things going, if, I, if my life just slowed down, um, th then I would have time to do some things. And you realized, you realized it's not about the amount of time you've had because you've had the same amount of time that you had before in pre-COVID-19. Pre but even during COVID-19, you're like, hey, I've had more time. And yet you still have been distracted. The distractions are there. It comes down to priorities in our life. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I see uh, some of you guys, Aaliyah says anxiety. Clyde, incarcerated, Robert, v, uh, uh, depression, um, Emily, uh, insecurity, torment, anguish. Yeah. Okay. So you see these things. These are things we don't want, yet Satan's going to entice you. He'll distract you, not with something that says, oh, this is going to be uh, turmoil. Oh, this is going to cause drama. Oh, this is going to cause division. No, it's going to look good. 
It's going to look enticing. But you got to remember, you have an enemy who knows how all these tricks. He has strategies. And I want to try to teach you some strategies today that might be ripping away at some of your peace. And I want to go back to this too, just on this idea that he hates you. Look at this in, in Job. This is relentless. Job um, was a man who was after God's own heart. God's like, hey, have you seen Job? Job, this guy's awesome. It's not Job, okay? <laughs> if you're new to Christianity, it's J-O-B, which we would say Job. His name is Job. But Satan says, no, man, you've taken care of him. Satan says, reach out, take away everything he has, and then he will surely curse you to your face. He's like, discourage him. He wants to drain you of your confidence. He wants you stuck. And rather in, in, than in your discouragement, rather than you turning to God, he wants you to turn on God. That, turn on God, not just curse him to his face. He hates you. And he's coming after you. You've got to understand his, his ideas and his tactics. He's like, take everything away. He hates you. And so he's going to use everything in his arsenal to come against you. And, he, and what Paul is saying, put on the shoes of peace. Here's one thing I know. Because he, he's a thief. He's coming to steal, to rob. Thieves don't break in to empty houses. Thieves don't break into empty houses. That means there must be something valuable in you. There must be something of purpose and meaning in you. So if you're hurting today, if you're stressed today, if you're dealing with some anxiety today, you're in the right place. I know some of you might be coming back to church and it's the first time in a while and you're like, ah, is the church really a place of hope? Is the church really a place where I can come and be me and where I can share some hurts? I hope this church is that place. If you're hurting, there's hope and you are in the right place. And so today, as we deal with anxiety, how, we, how can we put on these shoes of peace? It's going to be a two-parter. Okay, today, I want you to identify the lie, and I'm going to unpack that here in a minute. But the one thing I want you to get out of today is I want you to identify the lie. It's like putting on, we're going to put on two, two, two shoes. We're going to start, we're going to get on the right foot, okay? We're going to, we're going to start with the right foot this week, and then we're going to, we're going to put on the left shoe next week and lace them up and get ready to go. But I, wanna, I want to, in a way, this is going to be a little bit um, um, harder terrain to get, get on this week. we got to acknowledge some stuff today. So I'm gonna, I want to talk about anxiety. I'm going to share a little bit about my anxiety that I've been facing during COVID-19. And I don't know what it feels like to you. What does anxiety feel like to you? That's my next question for the comments. If you're in there and, and, and talking back and forth, um, what does anxiety feel like to you? Some of you, you know anxiety. Like it has been a part of, it's like a racing heart. Or maybe it's a tight chest. Things are real tense in your body. Some of you, maybe you have trouble breathing. Some of you, it may be a racing mind. Like your mind just won't stop. Maybe it's sleeplessness. Um, I, I would love for, for you to share just a little bit with others. What does anxiety feel like to you? Maybe it's burnout. I had a moment two weekends ago. I think we're eight weeks, nine weeks into COVID-19, so I've been going pretty good for about five to, uh, to six, seven weeks. 
and, and doing different things. I thought I was going at a great pace. I thought I was try, trying to balance some things. Not everything was perfect, but I thought things were going good. And all of a sudden, two weekends ago, my body said, you're done. We got to, uh, uh, we went on a hike on a Saturday afternoon and, or Saturday morning. And then that afternoon, my, I couldn't get out of bed. Like I was just tired. And then on Sunday, same thing. I, I, I got up, didn't really feel like myself, but I was, as church, I'm always excited, kind of amped up for that. So we did church and then I was done and I crashed. I took naps. Then I, I went to bed and I slept for uh, more than 10 hours straight. And I'm like that, if you know me, that's just like not me. And so my body was telling me to slow it down. Now, here's the thing. It didn't feel like anxiety. I, I just felt tired. I didn't feel anxious. I didn't feel afraid. I thought, like I said, I thought I was going at a good pace, but my body was speaking to me. I, and as I began to unpack this, you know, I was like two days in, I'm like, this isn't me. This isn't normal. Something's off. And so I start to unpack that with some people. And I also said, you know what, for the past couple of weeks, I don't, I, I've had this like low level of anger. And that's not me either. It's not like a raging anger. It's like a level two out of 10, but it's there. And it's there all the time. What I, something just felt off. And as I began to unpack it, spend some time with God, name it so I can get some power over this thing. I think that's so huge to be able to speak it out. I'm struggling. And, and even right now, I'm not trying to do a therapy session with you. I'm part, a part of me of me sharing this is I'm hoping that for some of you who might be struggling with this, that, that maybe we can connect here, that maybe you can relate and that we can take some next steps forward. I'm still in the middle. I'm still working on it. I'm still taking next steps. That's what our mission of our church is. I'm not, so as your pastor, I, I just want to give you some courage to say, hey, we're, we're, I'm hurting, but we're, we're going to be spreading hope knowing that God's making us stronger in the long run. But I want to be able to name it. And, and when I sat down, I realized maybe there were some lies underneath this. Some of the actions that I had been taking, maybe I was believing some lies. And so I want to get real super practical with you here. And this is where it's not fun. This is where you, when you put on the shoes, you realize I'm going to be going over some harsh terrain. And for some of us in here, this is where we take some next steps where maybe we felt paralyzed before. But I'm going to tell you, if you're living a life without peace right now, if, it, if you are suffering from, from a lot of turmoil in your mind right now, it's going to be really hard, if almost impossible, to, to move forward, to take some next steps. Why? Because we're so stuck so afraid, so paralyzed in a time that's such, uh, it's unknown. Things have been changing. Finances are changing. There's so many, unknown. I don't know when we're going to open up. I don't know, um, you know, what it's going to be like when, when our kids go back to school, if they're ever going to go back to school. I don't know, you know, if I'll ever, ever be able to go to my favorite restaurant. Can I go to the, on a vacation somewhere? Like, am I going to have to wear a mask for the rest of my life? Like nobody knows. And so when there's a lot of this ambiguity, it starts to creep up, at least for me, some anxieties. And there were some lies I believed in this. And, and this is what I'm going to try to unpack this as best I can. I'm not a therapist, okay? I'm just going to share you my experience. But I sat down. I got out. 
my little journal and you can't quite see this, but it says anxiety has the date on there, May, May 7th. And I just sat down and I just started writing down what are, what are some of the things that are creating anxiety, but what are the lies behind it? And let me just show you one of the lies that I believe, and I think is I need to know what to do. Like, if I don't know what to do, I start getting frustrated. I start getting anxious. I start um, getting a little bit short. Like, for instance, I think Siri and Google Maps has single-handedly like, helped save my marriage. All right? Anybody with me, when you go traveling and you don't know the directions, you get pretty darn frustrated. Well, as soon as I got an iPhone several years ago, I could just say, hey, Take me to so such and such place. I don't, I don't know the answers, but Siri does. And Siri can get me there. But if you've ever traveled with that, that's tense. I, I, I start to realize for Mike Break, I believe the lie that I need to know what to do. And in this time, guess what? We don't know anything on what to do. How do you do church? How do you do family? How do you do homeschool? I, I don't know. I'm, it's all new. And it, the anxiety was there. Another one that I believe, I need to know the answers. Like, it's a, it's a little bit different. Like, okay, I need to know what to do. Here's what we're going to do next. But I got the answer for you. I can figure it out. I can solve it. I don't, I don't know the answers. Another one could be, I, I need my wife to be happy all the time. I, I, can't, I can't live with her being frustrated or angry or upset or anything like that. So I, I'm going to do everything that I can to make sure that she's happy. I need, I need, I need to be fit. I need to be healthy. And I'm stress eating and I'm, I've, I've gained some weight. My jeans are fitting tighter. And now all of a sudden I believe the lie that I have to be healthy. I have to be all these things. Another one that I put down, I need the boys. In order to be a good dad, I need the boys to behave all the time. And you know, they're going to do their own thing, right? But I, I believe the lie that I must not be a good dad if I can't keep them under control and they're not behaving or they're not making good decisions all the time. Another lie I believed was I need you to like me. Like, I don't want you to, to leave or say no. And I don't know if, if uh, uh, I, this has been something that kind of has, I've known about me all the, all the time, but sometimes it just rears an ugly head. In a, in, a, in a time when we're in a digital space and I can't talk to you, I can't have a conversation, I can't read facial language. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Did, did they like me? Did they leave? Did they, did they not reply because I said something wrong? Um, back in, in, in times when we could meet together, there might be someone in, in church or ministry that might be upset or something like that, or uh, maybe I said something the wrong way or whatever, and, and I would try to maybe lunch them back into the relationship. Well, let's just have a lunch so we can meet together. And I would go and try to do something in order to, um, and that's not a bad thing to want to do something to make the relationship go better, but I was re reacting out of my anxiety because I believe the lie that I need you to like me. I believe the lie that every sermon needs to be an eight or above. Like I want to preach and preach well, but I've also learned during COVID-19, not everything's going to be as practiced and polished as what I want it to be. My schedule has changed, but I have anxiety because I believe the lie that every sermon needs to be an eight or above or else you're going to leave or else you're not going to like me or else fill in the blank. I don't know if you can relate to any of these. This is humbling for, for me to admit. Another lie that I believe, it's all on me, whatever it is. <laughs> the rise and fall of Freedom Church is all on me. You, no, it's not. But when I started to unpack 
my anxiety, when I started to unpack the things that I was doing, I started to see underneath that, underneath my frustration, underneath that low level of anger, underneath whatever that is for you, what does anxiety feel like for you, were, were some lies. I want to expose the, the strategies of the devil to say, he's been lying to you. I need to know what to do in order to thrive, in order to be successful. No, I can actually thrive when I don't know the answers. In fact, I can be kind of creative. I, I can still be in a very healthy, intimate relationship, even if Rita <laughs> likes, likes uh, the neighbor's dog more than she does me for the day. You know, I, I can still be a good dad, even if my boys don't behave correctly. I, can, I, I, I don't have to have you to like me. <laughs> But I started to realize I was believing some lies. This is humbling to admit. And at the same time, we talk about that belt of truth. Put on the belt of truth. I would say that, that the lies, they're lies, they're false, but they're like half truths. Go back to the one of, of, it's all on me. The rise and fall of Freedom Church is all on me. Now that's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. But at the same time, I'm the pastor. Like, I have to do some things, right? I, I do have to work. If I just quit all of my responsibilities as pastor and done it, it'd be like, what the heck is going on? Like, no, there's some things that I have to do, but it doesn't rise and fall on me. And so that's how the devil, I think, hooks us. There's every, I don't know what lie. What do you identify with? Maybe what's a lie that you have identified with? And you're going to find some defensiveness that comes up in there because you're going to find like some half-truths. Well, I do have to uh, be a parent and kind of correct my kids, and hopefully they're going to be responsible and stuff like that. But I can still thrive without those things. What is it for you? I wonder if, if, if you can write in in the comments, what are, what are the lies maybe that you're believing? Is it that God has to work in your time frame? I need God to work on my schedule. Think about Joseph in the Bible. Back in Genesis, Joseph had the dream, right? The dream came when he was a teenager. Hey, I'm going to rule, and, and God's given me this dream, right? And then what's he do? He goes to a pit. He gets sold into slavery. He, he has some success, and then he gets thrown into jail. He meets two, two guys that were working for Pharaoh. He interprets their dreams, and he's like, hey, you're going to get out of jail tomorrow. And it happens, but he also says, hey, when you get out of jail, remember me. Get me out of jail, too. They totally forget him. And if you go back and look at that, he was in jail for two more years. We believe, we believe that peace is something that we need right now. I need God to work in my life right now. Too many of us, we have, when we think about anxiety and peace, we want God to work in our circumstances now. We have this microwave mentality when peace is more of a process as we're going to see. Peace is something that, that you work on and you practice. We want a vacation. I'm, but if you went on vacation right now, it, you might have a momentary moment of peace. But it, it's whatever's the lie is underneath is still going to follow you there. You, maybe you're like, I need more likes. I need more, more likes than that person. I need 100 likes. We, we, we're grasping for peace. I'll, I'll take a drink or three. I got to have that now. We want immediate gratification. What if, what if God's working on something in you today? Joseph, he still served God in that prison. 
and it served him tomorrow. What you're working on today, don't give up. Don't give up. If you're feeling the anxiety, if you're feeling the pressure, if you're feeling the stress, you've come too far to give up now. Don't give up. God may not work in your time frame, but he's still working. And it's for tomorrow. Maybe the, the lie you need is that you believe is, I need to be right. I have to be right. I, you can't tell me that I'm wrong. So I'm going to voice that I, you know, I need to be heard. I, want, I need justice to take place. I have to be right. Maybe the lie that you believed is, I need money to be happy. And right now, money is, is a cause of anxiety right now. I need to be successful. I, I have to be successful in my career in order to be validated. What's the lie that you're believing that's underneath your actions? I need to be in control. I have to be in control. Because when I'm in control, my anxiety levels go down. And when, my, when, I'm, when I lose control, when I'm not in control, I am out of control. What's the lie that you're believing? Here's the practical application that I want you to do. For some of you, I, I, you don't have to do this, but I think it's worth your time to sit down this week, spend some alone time or something, and just brainstorm it. Get a scratch pad. What am I believing? What, what's going on in my life? Maybe there's some idols. Maybe there's some idols that are going to be revealed in you as you go over this rough terrain. But if you can name the lie, all of a sudden you start getting some power over that. You start seeing how ridiculous it is. But you also start seeing how, oh, this is how I'm acting in response to that. My anxiety wasn't from that situation. That situation came from a lie I was believing underneath. Now I'm dealing with the root. Do you see what I'm getting at here? I hope that makes it clear. I'll give you an example. So the week that I kind of slowed things down, I was, uh, I was like, I'm going to take some days off. I'm going to take some times off. And, and I did, and I did it. I slowed things down, but I still did some work. But there was one, my, my, my wife, she talked to me and she's like, hey, you got all these ideas to do things, but nobody, nobody in the church, not even Rita, not nobody even knows that you're doing them. And so I'm putting all this pressure to say, well, we got to do this on this day. And I got this on this day. And I got this on this day. But it's all in my head. It's just like nobody's expecting you to do it. Nobody even knows you're going to do it. Well, one of them was Thursday. It was the National Day of Prayer. I want to say it was the 7th, but it could be wrong. It was a Thursday. I know that for sure. So I said, hey, National Day of Prayer. We could all pray together as a church, right? That would be great. We can get online and just sometime during the day we could pray together. This is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. And I was like, hey, we haven't done the Lord's Supper. We haven't taken communion together. And we will do this soon, by the way. But I had it all set up in my head. I'm like, I've been planning on it all day long. I found a, a time frame to do it, and I've been planning on it. Here's what I'm going to say. So I recorded a video. And it was going to be us praying. You know, I'm going to pray, but I'm going to encourage us all to pray together. I'm going to do, we're going to do the Lord's Supper together. And, and again, anxiety, kind of tension throughout the day to make sure all these things are going to work and juggle and do it together. I did it. Recorded the video. It was awesome. Me and God, we had a great time together. I go and I upload it to Facebook. So now you guys, we can all kind of participate and have the conversation together. They're video recorded, 
but there was absolutely no audio. And now I'm frustrated and I'm angry because God didn't do what I wanted when, he, when we wanted to do. And God just shut me down to say, you are doing that out of a good heart, but it is an anxious response. I need to know what to do. That's the lie I believe. When I don't know what to do, I'm just going to try to do something because I'm a doer. I'm just, you know, part of just leading. I'm like, no, we're going to do something. We're going to do something. Do something. And it was causing even more levels of anxiety within me. And so, so God just kind of sat me down and said, are you doing this? Are you doing this out of love and compassion for people? Or are you doing this because you're acting out of your anxiety? And I knew the answer. It was an anxious response to something that I was believing, a lie that I was believing within me. What are the lies that you're believing? Because if we're going to really tackle anxiety, I think there's a lie underneath. And I don't know what it is. You're going to have to find it out. It's between you and God. Let Him sift you. Let Him show you what that is. So we can take some steps forward. Some of you are like, this is a totally new concept. I don't know. I have no idea where to even start. I mean, spend time with God. But there's also, again, I'm not a counselor, but we could totally hook you up where you can unpack some of these things, where you can talk about some of these things. Because um, it, it might be brand new to you, and that's okay. But I want you to not be stuck. I don't want you to be paralyzed. I don't want you to be acting out of your anxiety because this impacts all of our relationships. You want to know who the most powerful person in the room is? It's the person with anxiety. The person who is so tense, that is so frustrated, that is, that is maybe lashing out at one moment or, or stressing other people out. You feel the tension in the room. The most powerful person in the room is the most anxious person in the room. And there we go with live stream, my microphone. Hopefully I didn't break it. Oh my goodness. I lost it. Well, we're just going to hold off right there. Hopefully you guys can still hear me. I don't want that for you. I want peace. God wants peace. He has shoes of peace for you. But some of us, we've been believing some lies. When I asked the question, you saw it in the, in the, uh, on the Freedom uh, online group. What is peace? You guys had some phenomenal answers. It's going to be a great follow-up to go back there and kind of read some of your answers. Some of you said it's circumstantial. Some of you said it's not circumstantial. And so for some of us, like, it's not circumstantial. and I'm, My peace is in Christ. I'm going to say it's, it's both. <laughs> it's, it, there's, some of us, we want the peace of God in our life. <laughs> I need it in the moments. I need the peace of God in the moments. And we're going to talk about how do we get there next week. A lot of it has to do with gratitude. But also some of us need the peace with God. And that's something that comes at salvation. That we've all screwed up. We've all made mistakes. And some of us right now, you have the peace of God in your life. You have peace with God in your life, I mean. But you don't feel that way because of some past mistakes. And the devil knows. He's there to throw that, your past, he has so much to work with. He keeps throwing it in your face and it causes anxiety just even thinking about it. Well, I'm telling you, peace is found in a who. Jesus is the prince of peace. All right, you, he is the one 
that if you can name it, he's the name above that name. He's the name above all names. This is the part where I want to preach to you guys. I don't, I don't want you to give up. I, I don't want you to, to stay down and stay paralyzed. Whatever you're dealing with, the circumstances, you may not be excited about the circumstances around you, but you can be thankful for the circumstances that are taking place inside of you. Jesus, he said this. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift, a good gift, the peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is the gift the world cannot give. And some of us, we've been grasping and reaching for that gift, and it's elusive. You can't find it. But the peace, the peace that Jesus gives through him, he says, oh, you don't have to be troubled or afraid. And when you have that, when you start building the foundation off that, watch this in Isaiah. He says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet. Look at those feet. Look at those shoes of the messenger who brings good news. The good news of peace and salvation. The news that the who reigns, who reigns, who reigns, God does. He's in control. When all of it seems out of control, he's in control. And there's no greater illustration than the cross. When, when Jesus was on that cross... And the enemy thought he had won. The enemy thought it is finished. The greatest tragedy. Man put Jesus down and, and they even his followers had no hope and they thought it was gone. And then Sunday came. The greatest tragedy when man killed God. God said, no, this was all on purpose. Hang in there. Don't give up because this is giving you hope. This is giving you meaning. This is giving you a relationship with God. The enemy does not want you to put on that full armor of God. Because he knows when you put on the armor, when you put on your daddy's shoes, he knows he doesn't stand a chance. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor. So you will, you will, put it in the comments, you will, you will, you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Put on the shoes of peace. God has some peaceful shoes for you to wear. Identify the lie. What is the lie that you have been believing that today you need to name it, claim it, see how ridiculous it is. And now you can start moving forward. You're going to use that as a stepping stone to say, hey, I was in the middle of it, but Jesus, the Prince of Peace, showed me the way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. There's no one else that I'm going to find salvation in. It's him and him alone. I hope you found some encouragement today. I hope you found some, some, some hope today. To, that you don't have to give up, that you can keep moving forward. I want to pray for you right now. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for this time. I thank you for your grace. And I thank you for your salvation that you provide in Jesus. He's God, big G. He came to live a perfect, sinless life for you and I so that we don't have to live in anxiety and stress and fear, that we can put our trust in you and you give us that gift of peace that we don't have to be troubled or afraid. They're going to come our way, but we're going to we're going to turn it over to you. It comes our way, giving it to you. Comes our way, giving it to you. And Father, right now in this moment, there's some people who might be listening to this. You, 
you might be listening to this and he's speaking to your heart and you know it. He's calling you by name. You've been calling your, like, here's my sin. And that, and you've been labeling yourself or others have labeled you with your sin. Jesus knows your sin, but he calls you by your name and he loves you dearly, desperately. He doesn't want you stuck anymore. And he wants a relationship. And you know, I've never given my life to him. Well, you can give your life to him right now. Right here, right now, online, as you're watching through the screen, me and you talking, to say yes to him. I want to follow him. The, and, and I want to give my life to him. Jesus, take my, my sin. I, I submit to you. And I'm going to follow you. And if that's you today, let's all just, everybody, let's just pray this out loud wherever you're at. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. But today, Today, this moment, today, I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. Jesus, come into my life to be my Lord and my Savior and my forgiver. And in the best way I know how, I receive you and I receive salvation. Thank you for saving me. Say thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the message today. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, leave a review or a comment or share this message. That really does spread the message further and faster when you do that. Secondly, if there's a next step that you need to take coming out of this, head on over to our website, click get involved and let us know exactly how you can take your next step. We would love to partner with you in that. And finally, if you have been impacted in a positive way through our ministries or your family has been impacted in a positive way through our ministries, go on over to our website and click give. And if you want to partner with us financially, that would be huge in getting the message of Jesus out through our ministries. Thank you again for stopping by the podcast. Have a wonderful week. God bless.